This program is brought to you by the Living Church Boise. This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. There are three things I want to unpack this morning. I'm going to talk about pain, I'm going to talk about prayer, and I'm going to talk about promise. I'm going to talk about pain, prayer, and promise. Believers, pain is real, prayer has got to be a habit, and promise is something that prayer will take us closer to. I'm going to talk about pain. Anybody in pain this morning? I'm not talking about physical pain. I'm talking about the weariness of this life. Show of hands, maybe? Okay, good. I want to make sure I'm talking to people that I'm relevant, that can actually, uh, you know, relate to this. Pain is real. Prayer is the habit of a believer, and prayer brings us closer to the promise. I'm going to be talking about pain. I'm going to be talking about prayer. I'm going to be talking about promise. Do you have goosebumps already? Because you know God's going to talk to you? You better believe it, because my notes might be incomplete, but God's word is complete, and he wants to speak to his people. His word is alive. It's active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, and it wakes up the weary. It, It raises the dead. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Lord. Give me strength this morning. Job chapter 23, verse 8. Job says, Behold, I go forward. We went through the book of Philippians. I press on forward. Forgetting what's behind, I press on forward. I go forward, but he's not there. What do you do when God cannot be found? I went, I went into the book of Philippians and, and I forget what, what's behind and I press on towards the upward call of, of Christ Jesus for me. You know, pressing on, pressing on, but I press forward. Job is pressing forward, but he's not there. And backwards, but I do not perceive that is I don't discern him. I told you this morning in worship, you know God, you're washed by the blood, but your circumstance around you has put you in a place where it's hard for you to discern that God is good. You ever been in that place, believers, sometimes we are such hypocrites, we don't want to admit, my circumstance is so bad, I want to close my ears when you tell me God is good. Example, standing at the graveside of a loved one, I don't want to hear the words God is good. Watching that my spouse cheated on me, I don't want to hear the words that God is good. Take Job for instance. One by one from every direction, servants are coming with message of bad news. Your children dead, your crops gone, your life savings stolen, burnt up. Let's get a real, little real because God wants to get real with us. Sometimes it's hard in your circumstances say God is good. I, I press on forward, I don't see him. I look be- behind, I, I, don't, I don't see any, I don't discern him. Verse 9, on the left hand when he's working, I do not behold. I don't witness him. He turns to the right, but I do not see him. What do you do? What do you do when the God that you've trusted, what do you do when the God that you made a commitment by coming in front of the altar, what do you do when you entered into the the waters of baptism and you said, I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, and now it seems like he wants to hide himself and along with him, your blessings are gone. No blessings. All the things that you once thought was from the hands of a loving God, the blessings of God, all gone. The title for this message is When Blessings Cannot Be Found. We're going through the book of Job, not doing an exegesis. I'm not going verse by verse. We'll be here for, I don't know, 15 years if we have to. It's a really big book, but we're putting themes out of this. And I want to talk about what do you do when the blessing cannot be found, but there's only pain. There's only pain. There's no blessing. What happens is when blessings cannot be found, we have people that like to insert their theology into your life. You ever done that? You know, you're going through a terrible time and people want to insert their theology into your life. Here comes Eliphaz in his round two. Uh, the reason why I'm doing 13 chapters is because I don't want you to feel what I feel. I'm feeling Job fatigue. I'm feeling suffering fatigue. I'm feeling Eliphaz fatigue. I'm like, I'm done with these guys. I want to gut punch them. You know? 
I want to tap them on the shoulder behind and slit the tongue, like, pow, pow, you know, I'm like, I don't like you guys, man. You guys are just annoying, irritating. And it's irritating because they have a theology that's so close to the truth, but its application is so far from reality. Um, so Eliphaz, he comes around for round two and three today. Um, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be flipping around pages quite a bit. So Job chapter 15, verse eight, he says, have you listened in the counsel of God? And do you limit wisdom to yourself? Who are you listening to, Job? You're only listening to yourself. Man, I've heard this too many times because I'm a different guy from typical Christian pastors, right? And so people are like, who are you listening to, man? Look at you. You need, you need counsel from some good, you know, like gray-haired man. I mean, I love gray-haired people. Most of our church are gray-haired people. And the gray-haired people said, amen. amen. Okay, but it's better to listen to God than to listen to man. You know, it's better to listen to God and what God's calling us to do. And here comes just because, just because Job has lost all his blessing, quote unquote blessing, and he's in pain, Eliphaz wants to insert his theology and says, you're only listening to yourself. You're not listening to the counsel of God. What do you know that we don't know? And what do you understand that's not clear to us? People, listen to me very carefully, people that do not know freedom will look at you like you're a fool. Hey. Christians, get ready for what, what I want to share with you this morning is going to be a little freaky and I'm warning you now itself, when you walk in the freedom of Jesus, the whole world will ridicule you. The world will think you're an idiot. They'll think that you've lost your brains, you've lost your marbles, you've lost your senses. These friends, they're friends, but they really don't care about your well-being. They care that you align with their theology, that you, that, that you align with their worldview, the way they are thinking. Eliphaz is not asking to understand. There are some people who have something to say. And then there are those who have to say something. When you're going through a hard time, when you're in a bad situation, watch out from those people. As we're going to see with Eliphaz and Bildad and Zophar, they know so much about God. The world is full of people who claim to know stuff about God. I would rather trust a man who talks to God than a man who talks about God. I would rather trust a man who's willing to take his worries to God. Like the old hymn says, what a privilege it is for us to carry everything to him in prayer. I would rather trust a man who considers it a privilege to talk to God than a man who can mouth off for hours on end about God. Eliphaz is a man who can mouth off a lot about God. And this is his dilemma. We're still in the introduction. I haven't gotten to the message yet. The introduction is this. The dilemma of the friends is, Job, you're suffering, which we can all see. There's no debating that. We are not suffering. We're fine. We still have our wealth. We still have our children. And we understand and we know and you know that God is good. But your circumstance doesn't match up to the character of God. And because we are not suffering and you are, you have to listen to us. You see, as the world goes from bad to worse, the world is going to come and tell you, you're suffering, so you're doing something wrong. You're in pain, so you're doing something wrong. And if you really are following in the will of God, then you shouldn't be in pain. Then you shouldn't be suffering. Then you shouldn't be persecuted. If people are coming against the church, they will say, change your message because you are actually bringing on the wrath of God. But the disciples were beheaded and killed and beaten to death and burned to death because they did not change the message and they were persecuted for the sake of Christ and they considered it an honor to suffer for the, for the name of Jesus. Eliphaz is saying, this is the dilemma, man. You say that you're righteous. You say that you're good. But look at you. What are you going to do when it looks like your blessing is depleted? What are you going to do when it seems like the world is against you? What are you going to do when people come and tell you that even God is against you and you're in pain? And it seems like the God of blessing is nowhere to be found. What do you do? Because people like Eliphaz are 
many around over there. Look at this. He says in Job chapter 15 verse 12, Why does your heart carry you away? And why do your eyes flash? Eliphaz saying, you're so annoying because you don't listen that you turn your spirit against God and bring such words out of your mouth. And here's his conclusion in verse 25. Job, you are in this condition because you have stretched out your hand against God and you defied the Almighty. Believers, there's going to come a time when your theology is going to be checked. When your trust in God is going to be tested. There's going to come a time when your faith is going to be tested. There's going to come a time when God is going to put you to the test and He's going to ask you, are you going to still be able to come to a place of saying, God, my circumstance is bad, but you are good. And mark my words, it's coming soon. I know we don't like to hear this. I know we wish that things will just go smoothly and you'll go to the grave, a happy person, but it's coming soon when your faith is going to be tested. Pain, number one. Pain is not, is not a problem to be solved, but it's a part of life. Now, I'm not saying that God wants you to be in pain. I'm not saying that God wants you to be in your sickness and doesn't want to heal you. One of the songs we sing away that I love singing is, you know, uh, by your stripes I'm healed. And I firmly believe that. In fact, today before we're done, I want to pray for those of you who are sick, even though I am sick. Okay? Because I believe that God's walked me through this week to be able to identify with some of you, especially those of you at home, because you're so tired and sick and you're done with suffering and you're like, I do not know what else to do. You're in a bad, terrible place and it's hard for you to come to a conclusion that God is good. Pain is not a problem to be solved, but it's a part of life. This week I spent a majority of my time um, with the book, uh, you know, The Problem of Pain by C.S. Lewis. And it's a fantastic book. And I was telling my wife, I think what God gave these, these geniuses in that time was good, but I think it's time for us to take it a little step further. It's easy for us to just say, man, pain is there because of sin, but please listen to me carefully. Yes, we have suffering and pain in the world because of sin, but that's no different from you and Buddha. Buddha came to the same conclusion. My God is bigger than what Buddha was able to find out. My God has a purpose even in pain, and I love it. My God is able to show me how good He is even in my pain. And that's why I'm saying pain is not a problem to be solved, but pain is a part of life that God sometimes allows for us to be able to listen to the drumbeats of heaven and to march accordingly. In this book, he says, pain insists upon being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures and speaks to our conscience, but shouts in our pain. It's his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. I know for a fact in this last year, I've spoken to quite a few of you from around the world. And the pain that you've had to walk through has brought you closer to God. And in fact, if you continue walking this way, you will notice that you would rather have Jesus than have everything else that you had when life was comfortable. Yes. And so those of you who are getting ready to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I want to encourage you, it might seem hard right now what God is getting you to walk through. And when I say things like, man, pain is not a problem for you to, be, for you to solve it, but it's a part of life, it might, it might shake you up. But take heart, because God has a purpose even in the pain that you're walking through. And as you look at the reality of life, pain is as natural as breathing. If you're breathing, you will experience pain. The only time you will not experience pain is when you're on your grave. Or when you're sedated to a point without reason, you know, when they're doing surgery on you and you're just out. You'll not be able to think. You'll not be able to feel. But if you're alive, you will feel pain. 
when blessing is nowhere to be found because it seems like God has turned against you and while you have and are faithfully walking with him know that pain is a part of life and not a problem to be solved in every season God is good and in pain it's good for us to ask God what are you teaching me through this look at Job's pain in Job chapter 16 verse 2 he's answering um, Eliphaz and he says I've heard many such things I don't know how many times you've gone to church in pain and you're like I've heard it before I've heard David kills Goliath seven times around the walls of Jericho it came falling down you know I've heard about feeding the 5,000 I've heard all of these things and Job says I've heard all these things and then he says miserable comforters are you all you're miserable comforters can you imagine the pain please listen to me imagine the pain when it feels like God is far away and you run to friends that you trusted and they're miserable comforters husbands we go to our wives miserable comforters wives you go to your husbands miserable comforters you go to your children miserable comforters you go to your pet miserable comforters they only come to you when you want to feed them and then they're like wow and they run away cats there <laughs> I want to talk to those of you who feel very alone right now you lost your loved ones you lost friends you even lost the church that you once had a deep-rooted relationship in you lost the comforters that are around you you lost your friends at work and you're in pain pain is not only the physical pain of breaking a bone pain is not only the pain of you know getting old and waking up with a backache pain is deeper than that pain is mental it's emotional it's spiritual pain also comes when you're desperately hungry for God's word and it's just dry pain sometimes for me is when I haven't been able to shed tears in repentance and I'm able to live in sin painful and then there's a joy of tears sometimes when you're able to repent the joy of being able to worship and once again experience the nearness of God you with me pain is so much more deeper than just ouch I stubbed my toe and I want to talk to those of you who are in pain and it feels like the God of blessing is nowhere to be found there's a purpose in the pain and it's bigger than what any intellectual person in the world can conjure up and write a book about pain it's much more bigger than that the God that created you knows what you're able to walk through he knows what you're walking through and he has a plan and a purpose even in your pain that's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014 Eagle, Idaho 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store.